Well, happy Mother's Day. I'm so glad that you've tuned in or that you're here with us uh, in person as we celebrate Mother's Day. And today I wanna honor mothers. That's what we're gonna do with our sermon today. And um, of course, that is something that we're called to do. We read about it in one of the 10 commandments and then St. Paul repeats it when he quotes it in Ephesians. Just remind you this from Ephesians six, he says, honor your father and your mother. This is the first of the 10 commandments that ends with a promise. And of course, not all of them do, but this one does. And this is the promise. If you honor your father and your mother, you will live a long life full of blessing, or as some translations put it, live a long time in the land. This idea that this is, we're called to do it, it's part of the commands, and there's also a blessing as we do it. And um, we're gonna do this a couple times because I'm gonna talk about, mother, about this today on Mother's Day, and then we're gonna start a sermon series in June where we're gonna do 10 weeks looking at each command, each commandment. And uh, Bill Power, Dr. Bill Power is gonna talk about on Father's Day, about honoring our mother and our father on Father's Day. But I'm gonna go there a little bit with honoring our mothers um, today. And as we start out looking at this, I have to admit up front, this is sometimes be a little bit of a complicated day in many ways. But one of the ways it's complicated is that sometimes people think, well, actually, I've got a bunch of stuff I haven't worked out with my parents. I see how they were flawed. I've got these issues. I've got this baggage. I'm care whatever it is. And I think so I think we start out talking on this. We ought to just begin by admitting that all of us including our parents are flawed. Everybody's flawed. So we're not talking about perfect parents. We're not celebrating perfect parents today. We're talking about real, real moms and celebrating our real moms. And sometimes that means honoring the position, maybe even sometimes more than the person, but it's a complicated day. And it's complicated maybe too, when we think about all the different moms that we celebrate on this day, because there are, they're all different loads of people on this day, right? We can think about biological moms and single moms and adoptive moms and stepmoms and foster moms and spiritual mentor moms and moms that want to be and all these different kinds of things that are, with, that are complex. I'm going to say some about that at the end, but today, whatever format it is, we're talking about honoring our moms, even whether they're here or gone. And I'll say more on that in a bit, but how do we honor our moms and how do we do it at every stage of life? That's the way I'd like to kind of orient this. How do we honor our moms at every stage of life? I think the beginning thing is let's start at the very beginning and think about how do we honor our moms as children? And I know there are lots of people here, lots of people tuning in, but it's like we honor, I think ultimately our moms in that first stage of life looking at what scripture says and things um, by obedience, by, by obedience as part of what we learn and giving obedience um, to our parents and, and to our mom. I think about just an example. I mean, there, there's so many passages of scripture that are out there about how we interact with our parents and with our moms. But this, this one is from Ephesians six. Also, it says, children, obey your parents. This is the right thing to do because God has placed them in authority over you. That's a translation from, from the message. And maybe that's the very beginning place of life is we honor them by obeying them, but we learn this important lifelong lesson of how we interact with authority, learning what that is. And, and, and admittedly, at times, we have to separate the person and the position, but it's a lifelong lesson. 
And some theologians will talk about how the three big authorities that we deal with in life are the family, the church family, and government. But however it is, we learn that there is this need to interact with authority. And sometimes it may save someone's life learning what it is to interact with, with authority. But we think about a, a kid who may say, I'm not going to listen to anybody. I don't have to take it from anybody. Is not going to have a very good life. Is going to meet with a lot of challenges, some of which may even go to their own safety. But that's the first thing. Maybe when we're children, we think about honoring our moms by obedience. And then we go to the next stage. I've got two teenagers at home and I have to, they're, they're going to watch this later. They're not watching it now because they're still in bed, but they're going to watch it later. <laughs> I want to tell you guys up front, mom didn't pay me to, to say these things, but how do we honor our moms as, as young adults? I think there, we might look at scripture and see a number of different things. Um, I want to suggest two things that might apply in that situation. The first of which is respect. And we think about, and again, there are lots of passages out there that I can mention. Um, I want to mention just a couple. This is from Leviticus 19. Each of you must respect his mother and father. Or Hebrews 12, 9, we respect our own parents for training and not spoiling us. And I think when, when people become teenagers, they, they suddenly see all their flaws in their parents. So this is a way of respecting, even as teenagers suddenly become aware of all the flaws, they come from not seeing anything to like all they maybe see are the flaws. And whenever I think about that, I, I always think about this quote, it always sticks in my head from Mark Twain. Some of y'all will have heard it. This is what he says about, um, about his dad when he was, when, during his teenage years. Um, Mark Twain says, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. You know, this idea that all they see, I think, are the flaws during a certain period, period of time. But there's this call to respect our mom, respect our parents during this season. And part of that also is just learning to listen. Again, Proverbs offers us so many different passages on, on this kind of stuff. But Proverbs 13 says, intelligent children listen to their parents. Foolish children do their own thing. That's the message translation on that. And I think that wherever we are with our parents, I mean, like even beyond teenage years, part of our call in that passage and others is to listen. It doesn't mean you're always going to follow. You're mature, you're an adult, God's given you a mind, the ability to think, but to always listen with respect is part of how we honor our parents. That's part of how we honor our moms. And I'm mindful over the many years um, that I've counseled people, I have seen where somebody's come to see me whose life is falling apart. Everything is going wrong. Everything's in shambles, but they still have clear insight about what's best for their, their children. I, I don't know if that's a God thing or whatever that is, but I, I think we always listen because that's the way it is. There's so many um, insights for the person who loves you, even if they don't always express it or hold it up the way we'd want in, in perfection. Proverbs 23 says, listen to your father's advice. Do not despise your mother's experience. Proverbs 6 do what your father tells you and never forget what your mother teaches you. Keep their words with you always, locked in your heart. Their instructions will lead you, protect you, advise you. Their instructions are like a lamp. 
In other words, like help in these dark places. Their corrections can teach you how to live. So we get this whole notion that there are lots of ways, maybe during those young adult years and really thereafter, that we can honor our parents, but certainly respecting them and listening to them are two of those. We can start then and carry on. But for the majority of us, we're in the next phase. We're asking the question, how do we honor our parents, or in particular our mom, when we're adults? And you've already gathered, I've quoted a bunch of scripture, I'll continue to quote some, but there, there are many passages that would teach us that there are lots of ways to honor our parents, and particularly our moms. And I want to mention just a couple this morning as we think about our moms and we pray for them and reflect about the role that they play. Um, I'll begin on that just thinking about this passage from Proverbs 23. When your mother is old, show her appreciation. This idea that part of how we honor our moms is by showing appreciation. And there are an endless number of examples we might give about how we honor and appreciate our moms. I'm going to mention just a couple. I think when we start to think about this, maybe the first thing to think about just for a second, like the easy one, like the low fruit, is honoring our moms for the effort they made. Now, being a parent is hard. Being a parent is really difficult. And it has all these challenges. It's a lifelong thing. And sometimes I don't think we ever step back to just think, how much easier would my mom's life been if she had not had me? All the sweat and tears and effort and all the things that go into being a parent could have been avoided. I think about <laughs> the, the many ways I gave my mom gray hair. I mean, I think about, you know, I, I remember this like as a, as a fairly young child, I would do a simulated running away from home at night when I was upset with her. And I would run out to the neighbor's yard in the dark and get down in the thick grass and just wait for her to come out to the door and open it up and yell, Bobby, where are you? And just, just to see her concern and care, I think, was a witness of love. Poor mom on that. Or, yes, I did, in fact, play hooky in fifth grade. I eventually got caught on the third time. I don't know if they know that. I think they're watching today, but it was the third time I got caught. And it was only because this guy decided, he was, he was a junior high guy, it was a bad influence on me, but he decided that day to call into the junior high and instead of using his mom's voice saying, Alan's sick today, he decided it was time to be his dad. They didn't buy it. The whole thing went down. I think about that, or I think about eight sets of stitches while I was a kid, you know, so either clumsy or adventuresome, I'm not sure which, but all the stuff. And I think about all the effort of my parents to lovingly try to keep me on track. They could have avoided all that, but they didn't. And they, they kept going into that place. And particularly, I think about on this day, my mom's effort in that. Or right along with thinking about the effort they make is right with it is the sacrifice that parents make. And we think about our moms on this day. In 2017, um, the United States Department of Agriculture, I don't, I'm not exactly sure why they put out this data. It doesn't sound like agriculture, but I have verified it on their website. They went to calculate, what does a child cost somebody in the middle class? And this is to raise a child to the age of 17, through, through the age of 17. 239,000 is what they estimate the average child costs from birth to the time they're about to turn 18. 239,000. 
Parents, moms are selfless in having children. And it's all this effort and all this work. But of course, there is reward. I'll be quick to say I do know that. But there's so many things they could have done. Have you ever stopped to think about the vacations, the earlier retirement, the lifestyle that could have been changed with that extra money? Your mom might be driving up in front of the house in her Lamborghini instead of having you or whatever it is. A lot of sacrifice that took place. So we think about how we appreciate them for all of the effort they've put in, all the sacrifice they made. And maybe the next thing for us to hear and how we honor our moms on this day is to think about giving them joy and esteem. And um, again, just to think about some of the scripture passages that go into this kind of place. Um, Proverbs 23 says, let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. This idea that part of what we should do is maybe help them have joy. And this is one of those moments where I don't really like giving sermons where I do a countercultural thing, but I'm going to do one for a second. And that is how we in the West are so different than other places in the world because we don't really esteem people as they grow older. We have a tendency to just value the young, the young, the young. Whereas you go look at the Middle East and Asia and all these different cultures around the world, people grow older, they grow in their esteem and respect. And we don't really do that. But maybe part of giving honor to our parents is to hear the call to do that in lots of different ways, um, to let them know how they've impacted us, how they've made a difference. I was thinking about this the other day. My mom was, um, she always worried about everybody else, but she told me the other day, she said, I, I really think you should write to this one teacher you had in high school and let her know what an impact she had on you. I went to a Catholic high school and her name was Sister Digna. And she, um, we, we I had her for moral theology and we used to argue with her all the time. I was relentless with her. I love arguing a little bit. And, but I remember the day that Sister Digna said, God has a sense of humor. Someday you're gonna be a priest. <laughs> <laughs> and of course she was right. But it made me think that she said that about also letting my mom know the impact that she's had on me. And I know she's watching today, so I don't have to write the letter. But this, this idea of letting people know the impact that they've had. And I think along, we, we continue to think about the ways that we honor our parents. Clearly, Scripture calls us to take care of our parents as they age. That, that's just clear. And I, I always think about this on this day, just stop for a second and think about Jesus for a moment. Because like Jesus and the, the relationship he has with his mom, we don't get all the details, but we get his first miracle, right? I, I always think in my mind somehow, I don't know how God's providence works out on all this stuff, but I always think it was a little bit ahead of schedule. But Mary comes to him and says, well, we're out of wine. Here's the water. And says, well, do whatever he says. But she's saying, come on, Jesus, you got this. Do this. And he does. And I always wonder if it wasn't ahead of schedule. But certainly we know this. Jesus is on the cross, agonizing over every breath that he takes. And from the cross, some of his final concerns are for his mother. And he looks down and he sees John and he sees Mary. And he tells John, hey, there's your mom. And mom, there's your son. Like I'm making arrangements that you're going to be taken care of. And we're called to take care of our parents. And scripture is like really actually kind of, kind of pretty strong on this, right? 
I mean, like you can read some passages of scripture that are really strong on this. Think about this one. This is from 1 Timothy 5. Anyone who neglects to care for family members in need repudiates the faith. Ooh, that's pretty strong. That's pretty strong. So it's a call. We're mindful that part of what we do is we've got to continue to engage and help and take care of our parents. The final thing I want to say on this part of it before I I switch gears to one final piece is I have a priest friend of mine who, who says this. He talks about how he honors his mother and father after they're gone. They've passed on. And I'd never heard anybody say this, and it really impacted me, but he, he, he talked about how there were things he, d- he does today in his routine of life that he does this thing because he wants to honor his parents who've gone on, his mother and his father have gone on. And I think there's a sense in which we continue to honor our parents even when they're gone and how we live and living into the character and the people they wanted us to be or just all kinds of different ways we think about that we honor our parents even after they're gone. I want to end today with, a, with this is a complicated day. I, I know it is. I've started with that. And I'm going to do a complicated prayer in the end. But I want, to, I want to end with a bit of a hard note in recognizing that there are lots of parents who are not, not just flawed, but who are hurtful. I'm mindful on this day that there, there are, you know, we see the numbers of who's watching and the people that are here. I mean, there are hundreds of people watching. There are people here who are abused emotionally, physically, maybe sexually, whatever, all kinds of different ways. And, 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 they're, and they're difficult. And I want to say some things about that. But before we do, there, I want to read one just example to get you to think about how hard it can be for even some of the best of people that we know or that we know in history. I, I recently watched The Crown. Have any of y'all watched The Crown? I started watching it. And um, in one of the first episodes, Winston Churchill is in it. And comes in and does, does this stuff. But I recently was reading a letter that um, was written by Winston Churchill's mother to Winston when he was 15 years old in boarding school. This is in the year, this letter is from June 12th of 1890. And um, this is from his, his mom, Jenny Churchill. I want you to picture yourself in boarding school getting this letter. Dearest Winston, I have much to say to you. I'm afraid not of a pleasant nature. You know, darling, how I hate to find fault with you, but I can't help myself this time. Your report, which I enclose, is, as you will see, a very bad one. You work in such a fitful, inharmonious way that you are bound to come out last. Look at your place in the form. Your father and I are both more disappointed than we can say that you are not able to go up for your preliminary exam. I dare say you have a thousand excuses for not doing so, but there the fact remains. Dearest Winston, you make me very unhappy. My only consolation is that your conduct is good and you are an affectionate son, but your work is an insult to your intelligence. If you would only trace out a plan of action for yourself and carry it out and be determined to do so, I'm sure you could accomplish anything you wished. It is that thoughtlessness of yours, which is your greatest enemy. I will say no more now, but Winston, you are old enough to see how serious this is to you and how your next year or two and the use you make of them will affect your whole life. Stop and think out for yourself and take a good pull before it's too late. You know, dearest boy, that I will always help you all I can. Your loving and distressed mother. 
we think about all the different hurts maybe we get in different kinds of ways. And part of the question we might ask on this day is what do we do with that? What does God have us do with that? I want to suggest that God doesn't want us to bury it, ignore it, pretend it didn't matter, or put it off, but to face it, to talk it out with him, or if we need to, go see a counselor with a Christian worldview and get through this stuff. Because if we don't face this stuff down, odds are we may turn and pass it to the next generation. We may somehow take it out on our kids, our spouse, whatever it is, it'll come out. And if you're still angry with your mom or your dad who's passed on, you haven't dealt with it. And maybe we honor them and honor God by facing it down and dealing with it. Part of the invitation to grace is to not let it pass to the next generation. We're called this day, we're called in life to honor our parents. We're called and we want to honor our moms. And there's a blessing in it. And I hope that we'll take it to heart, whether they're here or whether they've gone, that we'll bless them. I'm going to end with a prayer. There's a prayer printed in your um, leaflet. That's for you. I'm not going to read that one later. But I'd love to do a prayer now that acknowledges how complex this day is. There's a passage in Romans that tells us, St. Paul says that we should rejoice with those who rejoice and cry with those who cry. And I want to make this prayer sort of in that tone. So um, I invite you to pray with me. Gracious Lord, none of us have or had perfect moms or dads. But we honor our moms today on Mother's Day because you chose them to create us. They went through pain. They went through labor. We're here because they went through that pain. We honor all the many kinds of mothers in our church family. Lord, you told us to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. So that's what we're doing. Lord, for the many mothers, for the many on Mother's Day, this is a difficult day. So we ask you to comfort those with heartaches today. For those who've lost their mothers, comfort them. For moms who've lost a child through miscarriage or through death, comfort them. We pray for stepmoms who struggle with blending a family. We pray for those who've had a delayed adoption or even a failed adoption or their hearts been broken. For the would-be stepmoms pulled from their children in divorce. We pray for moms who have broken relationships with children. For those who've been hurt by a child deeply, comfort these moms. Comfort those who wanted to be mothers, but it just hasn't happened. Comfort those who struggle with infertility. Wrap your arms around these women, dear Lord, and give them your comfort today. At the same time, you said rejoice with those who rejoice. So we celebrate with other moms in our church with those who've given birth this year to a brand new baby. Thank you for the joy of new life. May they get some sleep. We celebrate with those who've adopted children in their home, for those who've graciously and warmly welcomed foster kids. We thank you for these women. We thank you for the grandmothers who've welcomed grandbabies this year. Lord, we celebrate the women who are carrying precious babies in their bodies right now. We ask that they have a healthy pregnancies and safe deliveries. And Lord, we thank you for our moms at every stage of life. We thank you for the mothers of preschoolers who work is never finished. We thank you for the moms of grade schoolers who play chauffeur and pack lunches and help with homework. We thank you for the moms who feel both pride and the faith of now being in the empty next stage. 
We thank you for grandmothers who pray for their families. We pray for our church families. On this Mother's Day, Lord, we commit ourselves to honoring and to loving and to protecting the mothers in our lives and in our church. And we thank you for the gift of mothers. We pray your blessing on them. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.